The Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives BC office is out with a new report, reassessment of need for the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion project. The report shows the assumptions underlying the government's $12.6 billion commitment to the Trans Mountain Pipeline project no longer stand up. It shows that TMX, if completed, would be surplus to Canadian energy requirements. It would not result in the hoped-for price premium for Canadian producers. To speak more on this, I'm pleased to welcome the author of this report. He's an earth scientist who has studied the energy resources of Canada for more than four decades. He's also the president of Global Sustainability Research Incorporated, David Hughes. David, thank you so much for the time. Oh, thanks for having me. So a pretty extensive report here. So I I guess kind of want to get right to the overarching point of this whole thing. So the assumptions underlying the government's $12.6 billion commitment no longer stand up. What is kind of leading you to believe that those assumptions no longer hold water here? Well, several things. Uh, Development since the government purchased the project in, in 2018, and those include expansions on four existing pipelines, the reversal of a fifth, which is importing diluent into Canada right now, is going to be reversed in order to export, and the completion of the Enbridge Line 3 project, which is slated to happen in 2021. Um, I looked at the latest forecasts from four different sources, uh, Canadian Energy Regulator, which is the federal government, uh, Canadian Association of Petroleum Producers, the Alberta Energy Regulator, and the International Energy Agencies. And those forecasts were largely made before the impact of COVID-19 on oil demand. Uh, we don't know how long that will last, of course, but, but, but my report basically was based on the pre-COVID-19 forecast. And if you compare those to the existing pipeline capacity plus the optimizations and enhancements of existing pipelines, there's enough pipeline pipeline export capacity to meet projected uh, production through 2040. If you assume that the legislation on the Alberta 100 megaton emissions cap on the oil sands will be uh, upheld, so, you know, that's one major thing is that there's enough capacity already without TMX or Keystone XL. Uh, the second point is, you know, one of the big uh, claims of the government in doing this was that Canadian producers would get a bigger return if they were able to export oil to Asia. And so I, a couple of things. Uh, one, one of the things is what is heavy sour oil like uh, Western Canadian select selling for in the Far East compared to the U.S. And I looked at the the sales from Pemex, which is uh, the National Oil Company of Mexico, and they have a heavy oil benchmark that's pretty much exactly comparable to Western Canada select. So I looked at the average price they got over the past seven years in the U.S. and in Asia. And it turns out that there's a $4, a little bit more than $4 discount in Asia compared to the U.S. And the reason for that is that the U.S. has over half of the global capacity for refining heavy oil. Heavy oil requires 
complex refineries that are much more expensive than conventional refineries, and they can optimize the products that one gets out of heavy oil. So that's the reason that the U.S. pays a premium. So that's one reason that producers will, will not get more revenue. And a second reason is the actual cost of transportation of oil from Edmonton to Asia compared to Edmonton to the U.S. Midwest and the U.S. Gulf Coast. And the tolls on the Trans Mountain Pipeline when it was initially proposed in 2013 by Kendra Morgan were set based on a project cost of $5.4 billion. When the government bought it, the expansion cost was $7.4 billion. And the latest estimate is $12.6 billion. So that, you know, the tolls are designed to cover the cost of, of building the project, which means the tolls will be a lot higher than they were when the project was initially proposed. And if you add up the, the tolls, the toll difference between Edmonton and, and Asia and Edmonton and points in the U.S., the additional tolls are 2 to $7 per barrel more. So you add that to the four dollar difference in the in the market price, and you get, you know, in the report I say a minimum of four to six dollars per barrel loss, uh, sending the oil to Asia. So you know th- those two key points for making the case for the Trans Mountain Pipeline are no longer valid. And I think it's important to note, too, and I saw that this was a big part of your research as well, was the impact on, on emissions as well. Like, So obviously we, you spoke to the impact on, on oil producers not necessarily getting the profits that are being promised or touted as a result of TMX, but also what is this going to do to our emissions? I know Target uh, of 2050, right, to reduce emissions by uh, 81%, I believe, right, is the goal, but that's probably not going to be attainable with this pipeline. Is that correct? Well, the if you if you look at the forecast that I used, the Canadian Energy Regulator forecast, and you look at the latest emissions from Environment Canada, they have emissions broken down by environmental or by economic sector. So I used the average emissions per barrel over the last four years. You know, for both oil and barrel of oil equivalent of natural gas, and I projected goes forward using the Canadian Energy Regulator forecast. And if you do that, it turns out that the by the time we get to 2050, the emissions from the oil and gas sector alone, and that's if every other sector of the Canadian economy is reduced to zero emissions, will exceed the 80% reduction target by 2050 by 81%, so almost double it. And that indicates that we're going to have to reduce oil production, oil and gas production, if we're going to meet the targets, uh, which will make you know pipelines even emptier uh, going forward, if, if we're serious about meeting the targets. Mm-hmm. 
What, what about the impact on demand here moving forward? I mean, we're all trying to get off of fossil fuels, reduce our reliance on them. And um, obviously, the more we go through time, the hopefully the less we do see uh, a reliance on fossil fuels. With that being said, I would assume that means the demand for things like oil products is going to be reduced in the coming decades. Is this project going to have as much value moving forward, especially when you think about the fact that you mentioned the two other pipeline projects that are ongoing as well? We're going to have a lot of stuff flowing through these pipes, but not necessarily a lot of places to sell it. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Does your report detail that as well? Right. I mean, you're going to lose money on every barrel sending it to Asia via TMX. You know, that's one thing. So that doesn't, the economic case isn't there. Uh, You know, plus we have to reduce consumption. If, If you look at Canadian oil and gas production, more than half of it is exported. Mm-hmm. So Canadians, you know, only use a small fraction of what is actually produced. So that's the easy part. We have to reduce exports. Uh, but we also have to reduce our personal consumption. However, uh, you know, if you look at, at delivered energy, end-use energy, you know, after you take all of the losses and look at what citizens use, only about 20% is electricity, you know, which is produced from renewable energy. 80% is fossil fuel. Uh, so, you know, we really have to ramp up electrification a lot. Um, you know, building retrofits, conservation and consumption will be extremely important as well. Uh, but, it, you know, we've got a tough sledding ahead of us. And... The $12.6 billion the government is going to spend tripling the Trans Mountain Pipeline would be far better spent on incentives for efficiency and conservation, renewable energy, you know, really facing the problem. And that was one of the key conclusions out of the report is, you know, Canada has no viable strategy. We have a lot of rhetoric that says we're going to get to net zero by 2050, and we're going to meet the Paris Agreement target. But, you know, Paris Agreement is 30% below 2005 by 2030. And as of 2018, which is the latest data available, Canada's emissions were down 0.14%. So we have to, we still have to go down 30%, but we've only got 10 years to do it. Um, So we, we really need to, you know, back up, look at the big picture, and come up with a viable strategy uh, because this is a, you know, very tough target that we're looking at going forward. David, what are what are you hoping now comes from this report? I think it's good information and valuable information, but, you know, the Trans Mountain Pipeline, it's moving ahead. It's not going to be stopped. It's going to be built. So what are you hoping that, you know, when people look at this report and see it, what are you hoping comes from this? I hope that they, they basically cancel the project. Right, right now, they spent, you know, there's 12.6 billion in total. They may have spent a billion or less so far. Basically, cut your losses, um, spend that money directly on reducing emissions. You know, one one of the claims of the federal government is that the project is going to produce 500 million a year in revenue uh, to be applied to clean energy, but. That's highly unlikely when you look at the losses producers are going to take. You look at declining royalties, you know, per barrel of oil produced. 
they've gone down a lot over the last uh, couple of decades. Declining corporate taxes. Uh, you know, companies are consolidating. We, you know, and, and cutting a lot of jobs. So basically, they can produce more oil per person than than they used to. So, you know, if we really are serious about the emissions, uh, it's foolish to spend that money on the Trans Mountain expansion. Mr. Hughes, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate this. It's an interesting report, and we'll see if anything comes from it. But it is valuable information, and hopefully some people take the time to read it. Thank you so much well, for the time. I, I sure hope so, and, and thanks for the opportunity. That was David Hughes, author of the report, Reassessment of Need for the Trans Mountain Pipeline Expansion Project, which was released today by the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, BC office. Hughes is also an earth scientist who has studied the energy resources of Canada for more than four decades and is also the president of Global Sustainability Research Incorporated. I'm sure